there is no doubt that the staff improvement landscape will continue evolving. Obviously, with self-employment and temporary employment playing significant roles, you know, as will AI. But also that opportunity to look more into skills-based hiring, identifying transferable skills. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Talking Recruitment Podcast. It's your host, Neil Carberry here, and I'm about to serve up some thought-provoking discussion with the leading voices in the sector. Keep listening as we delve into the hottest issues in recruitment and staffing right now. It's a real pleasure to have you along to another episode of our chat about our fantastic industry and everything that's going on within it. It's been a really busy time at the REC. We are in the throes of fitting out the new home of the REC at 20 Queen Elizabeth Street, just south of Tower Bridge. And I'm looking forward to welcoming many of you there over the course of the rest of the year as we bring our in-person meetings back to our home, having uh, having been uh, working uh, more remotely over the first half of this year while we were fitting the place out. In terms of uh, what we're up to, do remember that the REC conference is on July the 6th. Really looking forward to seeing uh, many of you there again online. So join where, from wherever you are. We've got a fantastic lineup, including Nisha Katona, uh, the entrepreneur, Andy Verity, the BBC's economics correspondent. We've got Kate Bell, the Assistant General Secretary of the TUC. Uh, we've got Andy Grobler, the leading city analyst on recruitment and staffing firms, and a whole range of industry leaders to talk us through some of the big issues that we face. So that's July the 6th. You can sign up for that now. You can also enter the REC Awards in November now and entries are open and they're open until July the 21st. So do uh, think about joining us and dusting off the glad rags for what's always the uh, the best night of the year in British recruitment. A couple of other things that I wanted to mention we've got the REC AGM and election results with our economic briefing uh, with Tony Wilson of the Institute for Employment Studies on uh, over lunch on the 21st of June and there's a real chance to catch up on how your organisation is performing and also get some food from thought from Tony who's one of the uh, the best thinkers on the British labour market and possibly the only man who uses more labour market data than I do in presentations. We're also, we've also got a member consultation event on the 6th of June on equality, diversity and inclusion as we shape our offer for you, our members. So plenty going on at the REC and plenty going on in the market. Our latest data was out, was out at the beginning of uh, May and it showed the market slowing a bit in Perm. Still broadly good in temp, but slower in areas like logistics that, that are fa more facing into the consumer. Um, and that has been a trend over the last few months that we've heard while I've been out and about around the country. Um, clearly lo a lot changing, not just in terms of employer uh, demand and where candidates are, but also the whole question of technology and the industry reshaping quickly. And that's what we're going to talk a bit about on the podcast today. So I'm delighted to welcome our guest, Mark Keeve, to the podcast. Mark is the chief executive of Pixid in the UK and Ireland and vice president of international sales. And he's held that role at Pixid, uh, which is an REC business partner since uh, 2017, when the Pixid group brought his, his own business out. Mark, welcome to the REC podcast. Thank you, Neil. Yeah, very much looking forward to it. 
So why don't we kick off with uh, thinking about a little bit about where we are now. If you look at the the industry as it is, what are the challenges and opportunities for staffing and recruitment firms and leaders at this moment, do you think? Perhaps we can uh, we can kick this off. But I will mention, actually, we're about to release an, up, an updated version of our Navigating Contingent Staffing Changes white paper, which will come to uh, towards the end of this anyway. Uh, which reflects the latest ONS figures. So I've been able to really look through there and come up with a few points. Uh, but we've, we, you know, we've seen some major shifts in the, you know, in the whole kind of contingent staffing landscape over the past years. You know, driven by the pandemic, Brexit, legislative uh, changes, especially IR35 and immigration policy. We've seen increased remote working, changed demographics of working population, also large increases in long-term stiffness. I'd like to cover this topic. You know, during the podcast, and in parallel with the changes, there are also um, opportunities. But again, uh, perhaps we can, uh, we, we, I, you know, happy to obviously cover the, if you like, what we see as the the major changes first and the issues, and obviously how they've been, uh, you know, obviously how them to potentially overcome and where the opportunities sit. Well, why don't we do that? Why don't we dig into specifically because you're working with recruiters across the country? Where are the big changes that you see? And then we can we can sort of gently lean towards where the opportunities are as we take the podcast forward. Okay. Well, well, if if we cover this under four headings, I suppose skills shortages, economic uncertainty, change in nature and mode of working, and finally, of course, the change of demographics of the foreign nationals that constitute twelve percent of the UK workforce. Um, so, look, moving swiftly on onto the skill shortage. Um, I mean, official vacancy numbers um, do indicate an ongoing shortage of workers. Um, no doubt about that. Um, I mean, despite a slight decline, I mean, UK vacancy numbers in Q1 2023 were actually still um, were, were still 35% higher than in Q1 2020. Skill shortages are being heightened by a significant increase in the number of people out of the workforce due to long-term sickness. Uh, this includes, you know, mental health, long COVID. Um, I mean, just as a stat, actually, in fact, on this that came in in reporting, it's up 20%. Um, now, over 420,000 um, in Q1 2023 compared to Q1 2020. Because some decline in, in workforce need due to the war in Ukraine and higher inflation and interest rates. Uh, but there are specific sectors uh, like health and social care education, manufacturing and accommodation, food service, so the hospitality sector, that are still facing major uh, workshop shortages as demand outstrips supply. Um, and certainly this is this is to some extent regional. I've, I think there was a recent uh, REC report I saw actually said perhaps it's maybe less severe in London, but impacting the Midlands more. Less demand in some industries than other, others. Um, I mean, and obviously an underlying challenge, again, is mobility of workforce from one sector to the other. And other, you know, retraining is another thing we can touch on uh, a little bit further on. Um, economic uncertainty. Um, I mean, the economic situation making, uh, making hiring organisations more nervous to take on full-time staff um, and it gives a greater reliance on contingent staffing. Um, in fact, we've seen a rise in fixed-term contracts um, and agency temps, you know, 22% increase in fixed-term contracts between 20, Q1 2020 and Q1 2023. 3.5% um, increase in agency temps during the same period. Um, something, again, I'm just going to mention, of course, is layoffs. And we've seen in the news today, big headline actually on the Daily Mail, uh, having a notice, which, of course, is over 50,000 staff to go from BT 
And again, we can touch on a bit further, as many as 10,000 to be replaced with their AI. Um, so again, lots of questions. Um, changing nature of mode of working. Um, I mean, IR35 and other factors have led to a drop in self-employed workers, including contractors. Um, that's sitting now 12% lower in Q1 2023 than in Q1 2020, uh, showing a shift in work models. Um, in summary, less self-employed, more agency temps and more full-time contracts. Um, remote working, we know the number of remote jobs has dramatically increased. I mean, we've seen nearly a threefold increase in hybrid or remote jobs, mentioning flexible hybrid or remote between February 2020 and April 23. Um, of course, this does give it, you know, there's an opportunity sitting behind this because it was a fully remote international recruitment is possible owing, opening up a playing film to recruit, field to recruit from anywhere. Change of demographics of the foreign nationals that constitute 12% of the UK workforce. Um, and this is interesting. It's, you know, it's continued at around 12%, but of course these demographic, demographics have significantly changed. Um, so for the pool of all country nationals applying to come to work in the UK in 2022, there are a total of 423,000 work visas granted. But the numbers now include EU nationals who had to obtain a visa from 1st of January 2021. Now, the majority are now non-EU workers. So, for, for example, over 30% from India, um, just 31,000, so 7%, um, new work visas were granted to European workers. Now, so some may have had resident, residency status granted, perhaps, but a big drop in numbers. Pre-2019, there were over 2.3 million EU, EU workers in the UK. Um, this presents increased complexity and compliance risk for hiring organisations, MSPs and agencies. Um, but this changing landscape also offer, offers opportunities for staffing firms, MSPs, master vendors to, to expand services and meet growing demand. There's a theme um, there, Mark, isn't there? Which is yeah, interesting. You, you mentioned UK uh, EU nationals. We've certainly seen probably EU nationals leave the labour market more than we expected, those with settled status over the course of the pandemic. But also we've seen them start to come back this year, um, particularly on six month uh, visas while they claim their settled status. And that, as you say, creates all sorts of potential compliance uh, risks for agencies. But, you know, the silver thread here is, you know, vacancies are still it's very easy to get sucked into a doom loop that's driven by things aren't as the way they were in 2022. And I'm fond of saying there are 20, 2021 other years since the year zero uh, where um, uh, where things weren't quite the same as they were in 2022, which was a unique year as we bounced back from the pandemic and had a range of other labour shortages. But broadly, this is a labour market where vacancies are higher than they ever were before the pandemic, where demographic change, both in terms of foreign nationals and in terms of uh, the retirement of the baby boomers, are creating a tightness that is being exacerbated by, you know, you mentioned long-term sick. This is a, a remarkable moment for people planning in, a bus in businesses in the UK. And it strikes me that things will never be the same again as they were perhaps in the years before the pandemic and Brexit in terms of labour supply. And that puts a premium on client businesses for recruiters having a really good plan and a really good en engagement process. Um, is that you mentioned earlier, you saw that there were opportunities here. 
is that the core of the opportunity that how challenging it is to bring in permanent staff and the fact that uncertainty makes temporary more attractive is that where we're, where we're saying the opportunity is for uh, staffing and recruitment firms yeah in, in fact um cover in fact cover off a, a couple of areas um, mm. there i mean certainly around the temporary side uh, one of the areas that we've been very successful in around you know we defined as msp light um but certainly, I, I think you know there, there is no doubt that the staffing improvement landscape will continue evolving. Obviously, with self-employment and temporary employment playing significant roles, you know, as will AI. Um, yes. But also the that opportunity to look more into skills-based hiring, identifying transferable skills. You know, there's a, there's a number a number of areas are, you know around there. Happy to just if you know if you'd like, obviously, just touch on. What we're calling, if you like, MSP light, and where that kind of fits into the into the equation. Really interesting, and because I, I think this is something that I've heard a lot of REC members talking about, which is, you know, we call you can call it MSP light, you can call it um, a deeper client relationship, but there's certainly this push with clients scrabbling around to know how to handle this to look for the expertise that a recruitment and staffing firm can offer professional services we often always say um and and to integrate that in some way whether it's a kind of msp light or some other level of advisory service sit and delivery engine sitting around the core traditional work of a, a of a recruiter that seems to me to to be a, a moment of particular opportunity what are you seeing on this kind of msp light uh, world then mark well, well i guess in in summary um pretty much every end client out there would like that value proposition of an MSP. They'd like, you know, they want visibility, they want control, they want compliance and governance. Bluntly, they can't afford it in a lot of situations. Um, and this is why we've been very much looking at this mid-market, and we, 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 which again, we've seen, um, you know, how, really we're providing a solution um, that basically can give the, if you like, the, the core values of an MSP, but without that expense and without the complexity. Um, because, of course, the other area to look at is agility is needed in a fast-changing market, um, and certainly the agility to deploy something quickly. Um, I do also feel, I'm just going to mention, actually, the, the number of kind of acronyms within this sector confuses agencies, end clients, um, and, I, and I think, I think there's, a, there's a, a lesson here also for for organisations of any, any time. Now, it doesn't have to be an MSP that's delivering MSP light. It can be a staffing agency, it can be a master vendor that really are getting a little bit closer to their end clients and solving a problem. Um, that's, let, me just, let, let me just pick on that for a second. That is such a good point, Mark, which is uh, we are very fond of an acronym in the industry. And what we're really talking about here is a depth of trusting relationship on delivery and compliance and increasingly advice that could be delivered in a number of different frameworks but actually it's the nature of the client relationship that's changing um and and that feels to me like something that is people led but tech delivered is that fair yeah absolutely yeah i, I think that's that, that's absolutely spot on um I mean, what we what we we're saying is, and it's absolutely. I, 
still a great believer, even with what we're talking about in the background with 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 the AI. Recruitment is still about people, and it's also it is still about um, it's still about relationships. But it's also about ensuring that you've got the you know you've got the data. I mean, in fact, looking, um, I, I would say that I mean certainly the if you like the emergence of MSP like type services as a solution uh, for managing contingent workforce in the current complex market is is essential because you need some form of technology to underpin. Um, and certainly, if you look at the look at some of the other areas, I, I mean, changes such as the demographics to the non UK national workers and loss of freelancers due to new you know, payroll have created new challenges for the end clients that obviously that staffing agencies and MSPs can help with. Um, and again, you know, more compliance challenge challenges. I mean, in, increased complexity and compliance risks for all organisations hiring. So, because the the greater complexity and these challenges again lead to opportunities. Um, so, I think you know MSPs and staffing firms can really leverage the leverage this situation and offer. Like tailor-made services, whatever they want to call it, um, to address market needs and meet the challenge of, you know, sourcing, supplying, compliant and reliable contingent staff. Love that. And it's right at the heart of what do you want your senior people doing? You want them building those deep relationships that can deliver that with uh, a small group of clients who are willing to see this as the way they resolve all of those challenges they face that you identified earlier for me i think this is the development path of our industry but there's a lot going on in our industry uh that could be a threat and could be an opportunity you know the number of times we talk about chat gpt and and other large language model ideas in uh in meetings at the moment is is huge but that that piece around We've identified an opportunity here. We've identified that this kind of MSP light deeper relationship piece is going to matter to clients, and we need to find we need to educate clients towards that. There's a big bit of REC work coming later in the year that will help members to do that. But we also need to then be able to deliver when we get there. And there's a kind of tech and leadership and and professional services skills mix there that as an industry we've got we, we've got to find and many firms are already have the the building blocks of that in place but then looking longer range there's there's a lot of stuff coming down the track so we take this picture and apply some thinking about future evolution to it and you know, particularly coming from the point of view of pixid as a as a tech business what do you see as the things that, yeah, if the, if there's a listener to the podcast who's thinking, yep, absolutely see where you're coming from, Mark, on the pressure that clients are under and why that's an opportunity, absolutely see this kind of MSP light or other similar solution as something that we could and should be thinking about in, in, in our mid-market niche. What does that business owner manager need to be thinking about in terms of future evolution? Certainly, obviously, I've mentioned skills-based hiring. I mean, this is, a, this is an area to look at. Looking potentially to embrace the global market uh, for remote workers, recruiting. Again, it's all about recruiting the right talent for end clients. Obviously, onboarding and offboarding processes. Again, these are all areas where, again, end clients need need help. You know, the different challenges for remote workers, um, you know, helping with that process. Um, obviously, compliance just comes back, you know, all, all the time. I mean, the need for effective management of the contingent labour pool is stronger than ever. Um you know, in light of the increased compliance and regulatory requirements, I mean, highlight again, highlighting that 
I've got to highlight that critical role of technology, again, in managing that, you know, the process and ensuring access to data, providing transparency. I mean, this is, this is, this is key. It's for the, you know, for the end client to be able to see and know what is, you know, what is going on for obviously, and for the staffing agency, MSP, master vendor to be on top of that. Certainly, again, when you look at the pain areas for the end clients and say, well, these are, these are areas we can hit, we you know, we, we can assist with adherence to new roles of engagement for, for, for payroll workers and the new immigration system. Again, it underscore the again importance of compliance. But I, I do feel you know the future is promising. Um, it, it, you know, for all REC members, all staffing firms, MSPs, master vendors that can adapt and embrace the technology, but always maintaining a forward-thinking mindset. And I get, I guess, as a final point, I would also say. There's a good opportunity here. I'll give, put a plug for the REC here is utilise the REC membership, keeping aware of changes and keeping informed of requirements and then using tech such as, you know, our Pixie VMS to assist the meeting the requirements to keep ahead. But it's the, you know, it's that need for agility in what is a fast changing landscape. Uh, well, you can come again. Anyone who plugs the REC membership as a guest can, uh, can can come again. But it is that point. We've got some work coming out on new models of delivery for the the industry in a couple of months' time ahead of our – well, not even a couple of months' time. It's about months' time now ahead of our, our conference. There's something in this about almost the the equivalent of – for your business of of going to the gym, building the muscle memory for for agility, building the skill set, having people on your team who think about you know what's our technology transition going to be over the next two, three, four years, where we put one foot in front of the other just to underpin this different client relationship, and what is our skill skill set transition going to be as we go one foot in front of the other as we build up people who have the capacity yes absolutely to do the work we've always done but to uh, to deal at senior level with uh, clients and to deliver some of these things like onboarding and offboarding that you mentioned that that marrying up of people skills and technologies deliverability and understanding why you have the tech you have and how you use it effectively. These all seem like absolutely critical points for any uh, recruitment business uh, owner or manager in at this moment. I know, uh, Mark, you mentioned earlier that Pixit have got a report uh, coming out soon that deals with all of that. Could you tell us a little bit about that? Yes, yeah, certainly. This is uh, something actually that we commissioned uh, there is the older version is is on our site at the moment. The new release, which is a pretty long report, we're going to really, we're, the the executive summary will be on on our site um, beginning of next week. The full report, which is uh, nine twenty pages, covers all of the aspects we've been talking talking about, and you know has a lot of very very useful numbers, and will be available to REC members basically on the, we'll, the visits our website at uh, either the. Uh, Pixie.uk or Pixie.com, uh, but it will be um, it will be up there imminently. I was going to say just a, a real last key message, I suppose, really mm. to everyone is just make sure you're sitting alongside your clients, not opposite. Look, we're, we're very very happy to to find new partners, and we do work on a very much on a partnership basis, and we'd obviously welcome any contact. Super. Um- Look, Mark, I, I really enjoyed that. I think that thing about sitting alongside your clients rather than opposite them is so important. It's that piece around, uh, I, I, I overused the example of the HRD who said to me, you know, what what I want to hear from a recruiter is a potential answer to a problem I already have. 
and I already know I have. And you know, client problem solving is the front line of insight selling. And and that's equally true of the approach I know you bring to Pixid of kind of understanding recruiters where they are and and uh, and what you can do for uh, for them as a business. If people want to catch up with you directly, uh, I presume LinkedIn is the the place to find you. Sure, absolutely. LinkedIn by all means uh, connect via the via the Pixid website. Very happy to speak to anyone. Excellent, Mark. Thank you so much for your time today. Absolute pleasure, Neil. And thank you to all of you for joining us on this edition of Talking Recruitment, the REC podcast. It's always a pleasure to dig into some of the issues that the uh, that the industry is facing, and but particularly going to Mark's point today, some of the great opportunities that we have. If you've enjoyed this episode of the podcast, why not uh, feast on another of our recent episodes? Last episode, episode nine for 2023, was with Helen Tomlinson of the ADECO Group, who is the government's uh, menopause in the workplace champion. A really interesting discussion about uh, menopause and perimenopause and keeping uh, women engaged in the workplace through that process and how we support them to uh, stay in their the jobs that they are well skilled to do and not step back uh, during that period or episode seven is another good one that's with Sarah O'Connor of the FT and it's about technology and employee relations and that the rise of algorithmic management and algorithmic systems and what they might mean for how we have to make sure we protect our humanity in the workplace fantastic listen that one as well i hope you've enjoyed today's episode with mark do come and join us again on another episode of talking recruitment the rec podcast thank you for listening today i hope you took away some valuable thoughts from this discussion if you'd like to hear more head to rec.uk.com forward slash talking recruitment or follow us on apple podcasts google podcasts and spotify Simply search Talking Recruitment to find us.